Well, congratulations. You have survived the bomb cyclone of Armageddon snow, right? I mean, blizzard warnings, uh, winter warnings, winter watches. We survived, even the cold, cold temperatures. And I don't know if there are proper uh, snow-blowing etiquette, but um, a couple of them, of course, are don't plow your snow into your neighbor's driveway after they have blown. Amen? It's always fun to watch how much of the wind you can catch. And one of the things that my dad taught me is you always got to make sure the mailbox is properly cleaned. And especially at this point in time of the year, because we get all this mail that comes. And this is one of my favorite things. I always ask my wife, who, who did we get a card from that we haven't seen in a long time? And not only do we get cards, but then there's packages. You get all these packages that are sent. So we get cards at home, packages at home. And then we get cards here at church and my office here. And I get packages as well, too. And that's what caught my attention. There was a magazine that came to the church, and it was addressed to a pastor who's no longer on our staff, and it sat on the counter and sat on the counter. So I thought, okay, I'm going to take this home and read it. And it's the Forbes magazine, the Forbes magazine right here, from December 20, 2022 and January 2023. And what intrigued me so much was the lead article that said, 30 leaders under 30, meet the class of 2023 600 pioneers reshaping the future of 20 industries. And I thought, I wonder how many I know. Not a lot. <laughs> and they were sharp individuals from all around the world, Serbia, India, and Idaho. And, uh, but it was on the back cover as I'm getting ready for this message to give to you on Christmas Day that caught me. And it was the back cover, and it, and it said, only human. I thought, wow, I'm, I'm, what is this about? And it's, it was an article about a, one of the oldest family-run luxury watch companies in Geneva, Switzerland. They've been in business before the Civil War. And what it said about only human was the, their very human skills, which cannot be rushed or replaced, only humans can accept this challenge. And so I thought, i got to look up this company. It's called Pedic Felipe. And um, you can get a watch for 8500000 but it's on sale. You just saved 285000 Now, this watch right here is from El Walmarte. It is a Mr. Incredible watch, and I did not make uh, installments. But that whole thing, that only human, the reason why it struck me is because in front of the pulpit this morning is a manger. And it boasts, it boasts this, that the one who is in the manger is not only human, he's God too. It's not just a religious symbol. We've got to ask this question, what happened in that little town of Bethlehem where all the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight? Can this one be both human and divine? Could he? Could this one in the manger actually deal with the guilt that we feel? Is the manger strong enough to hold that? What about the loneliness that each one of us have when we lay our head down at night and the emptiness that we carry and the abandonment that we've experienced? Christmas is not just a December thing and after the decorations go, but it's a reality. And if you want to know the reality, as one pastor said, gaze in the manger, look at the cross. This is the extent to which God has wanted to come and rescue you to win you to himself. 
There's one word that you could just kind of summarize that. How do you pack that all into one word? Well, this one word can handle it. It's the word Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel is actually only used one time in the New Testament portion of the Bible. It's used just one time in Matthew chapter 1. And you, if you were here, you heard young Allison read that from Matthew chapter 1. It means God with us. You never see it after the birth narratives of Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You only see it here. It happens when the angel Gabriel announces to Mary, and you get this back-and-forth name-calling of Jesus. When the angel comes to Mary, she says, you will have a child, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will name him Jesus, which means he will save people from their sins. And all this happened, so what the prophet said would become true, and the virgin will give birth to a son, and you shall call him Emmanuel. That's it. It's the only time you hear about it in the New Testament. Well, then the angel comes to Joseph, different angel. And Joseph hears what has gone on. And as you saw in the video, he decided to divorce her quietly because he was a good man. Well, the angel tells him, no, the Holy Spirit has come upon them, and you will take the child, and you will name him Jesus. And you say, a uh, question, do we call him Jesus? Do we call him Emmanuel? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which one? Does it matter? It does. It does matter because Emmanuel means we're not alone. That's what it means. We're not alone. And we don't have to figure this stuff out on our own. We aren't alone. That's what it means. In the book of Galatians, it's a New Testament book written by Paul, one of the guys who writes over half the New Testament. He plants a bunch of churches in Mediterranean, around the Mediterranean Sea. And there's this city in Galatia that is going through a mess in its teaching and its understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So Paul writes this letter called the book of Galatians. In the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, In the fullness of time, God sent a son to be born of a woman. Why does that matter? Because after 400 years, between this gap between what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament, there were 400 years. It's called the intertestamental period. It's a 400 silent years. And there were no prophets. There were no messiahs. God's people were waiting and waiting and waiting, asking the question, when's God going to move? When's God going to intervene? Did God forget me? Does God care? Does God know? Does God know what I'm going through? Is he out there? Does he, does he notice me? The center point of all history hinges on the manger. Historians mark that between B.C. and A.C. And you might be thinking, well, this is kind of a cute story, okay? This whole religious Christmas thing is kind of a cute, cute story. And Mary's, Mary, Jesus' mom, is not like us, not unlike us, excuse me. Mary's, Mary, Jesus' mother, is not unlike us. She's not an idiot. I mean, sometimes when we read the Bible, we think, you know, we're so sophisticated in the 20th and 21st century. We have more science, science to prove stuff. We have more technology. We're just smarter. We know that babies don't come from virgins. That's what Mary thought too. Didn't she? When the angel came and said, you're going to have a baby? And she said, how? I've never been with a man. And what about Joseph? The reason he was going to divorce her quietly is because she thought, he thought, she was cheating on him. 
He was a godly man. And it took an angel intervention to stop it. The beautiful paradox of Christmas, friends, is that the Holy Spirit brought into the world a tiny baby boy, a firstborn son of Mary, and flesh and blood that we could identify with, and the one that was also called God Most High. So the question is, Pastor, is Jesus Mary's son or God's son? Answer, both. And it matters. Looking back, we connect the dots. And now looking back, scholars say, why did Jesus come at the time that he came? And there are three things that really smart people have put together. It seems to have made sense. There was a Greek culture, there was a Roman infrastructure, and there was a Jewish belief system. Let me briefly super explain why it matters. There was a Greek culture. The Greek culture had spread through the known world. And as it spread through the known world, there was a common language. So people could communicate. That's why in churches sometimes, or if you're in a Bible study, or if you look something online, someone will say, and the Greek says, or what it means in the Greek is, that was the common language. Language creates culture. There was also a Roman infrastructure. The superpower of that day was Rome. And the reason why it mattered is because the infrastructure was not super fast internet. It was roads and highways that people could move around. That's the first time that ever happened in the known world. And then there was this Jewish belief system that even though Rome and everyone would say, Hail Caesar, Rome actually made an exception for the Jewish people for monotheism. So they were ready for a Messiah. You could put all those things together and it says makes sense, but ultimately, Galatians 4, 2 said, it was the time set by our Father. It's not the magic of Christmas, friends, or the season of Christmas, but this is God's plan. You just sang, O come, O come, Emmanuel. It's actually set in a tune in a minor key. So it kind of, it's supposed to, make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Why? Because something's happening here. Something happening that was predicted millennials ago. In the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, there was this promise, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and yours, and he will crush your head and you will crush his heel. One Christian pastor said, all I want for Christmas is a crushed snake skull. How do you wrap that? Here's a picture. Some of you have seen this before. It's a powerful picture. It's a picture of two women. The first woman on the left, on your left, has long flowing hair. And she's holding an apple. And underneath her foot is a serpent. Who do you think that is? That's Eve. And Eve is reaching and touching the tummy of another woman. She looks very young, doesn't she? She's pregnant. Who is that? That's Christ. That's what's lying in the manger. We aren't alone, friends. God really loves us. And he's with us. In the fullness of time, God came. And so Paul writes later in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, 5, he goes, And the son that was born was born under the law so that we 
might receive adoption. This son, this one that's lying in the manger, was born to rescue us and to save us so that we might receive adoption. You might say, Pastor, what does that mean under the law? Let, let me explain it this way. The holy embryo identified with us, but is not identical to us. Let me see that again. The holy embryo identified with us, but is not identical, identical to us. He was born in the flesh. He was crucified in the flesh. And then he did something in the flesh. Two things that if you're hearing my voice, you have not experienced. He died in the flesh, and he rose again in the flesh. He did both of those things. The fourth verse of Hark the Herald Angel say, Sing says this, Come, desire of nations, come. Fix in us thy humble home. Rise the woman's concrete seed. Bruise in us the serpent's head. Adam's likeness now efface. Stamp its image. Stamp his image in its place. Second Adam from above. Reinstate us in thy love. Were there two Adams? There were two Adams. The first Adam was born miraculously. Holy clay was fashioned. The second Adam was born miraculously, holy virgin fashioned. Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the law. He paid the penalty tax. He paid the death tax. He paid the consequence of the law tax. So we can go from trusting in Christ and we can go from degrading slaves of sin, death, hell, and Satan rules to being called children of God. Adopted children of God. We're kids in his house. We're offspring at his table. We're included in the family portrait because Emmanuel is for us and we belong to him when we place our faith and hope and trust in Christ. And what kind of person is he? Oh, he's a great high priest. This last year in 2022, we went through this beautiful New Testament book called the book of Hebrews that Jesus is greater. And one of our verses was right there in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 4, 15 through 16. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses. He gets it. He gets us. But we have one who's been tempted in every way. Just as we are, the difference is, yet Jesus did not sin. So it goes on to say, Then... Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, like we actually belong, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Wow! Isn't it fun to be approachable? Like some of you, we're waiting for our family to come, Lord willing, on the crazy roads, and with our grandkids. We're going to have grandkids for the next two to three days. We'll get a good night's sleep tonight and then ride that baby out for a couple days. And our, young, our oldest granddaughter, she's two, she, she'll FaceTime my wife and she'll say, Grandma, can I see the nativity sets? Nativity sets. And so we show her all the nativity sets that we've collected over the years. And so I love this joke. I love this joke so much. There were grandkids that came to Grandma and Grandpa's house. And this little granddaughter looked at her, was looking at the beautiful nativity sets in their house. And so Grandpa asked the little granddaughter, Do you know what these are? And she said, Yes. They're breakable. <laughs> Isn't that great? She's been listening. You see, Christ submitted himself. 
He submitted himself. He was not subject to the law, yet he gave himself. He was the lawgiver, and he fulfilled all that. He willingly submitted himself in humiliation. He was a helpless babe. The one who, who, who spoke the, the, the planets into being now, learned, learned, now had to learn how to speak words. The one who carved the seas now had to learn how to walk. He had to have his diaper changed. You see, the first time that the word Emmanuel, God with us, which means we're not alone and God is for us, is used in the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, in Isaiah 700 years before Jesus ever walked on earth, the word Emmanuel was also used. We hear it in Handel's Messiah, and I won't sing it to you, but you're familiar with the words that says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called, and he's all of these things. Wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. And his greatness and his government and peace, they'll have no end. But the best part, the best part about Emmanuel, not being alone, is we are his children and what we get to call him. Christian Christmas decorations and lights will come down, but the reality of God taking on flesh and living amongst us, that will go on all year. And the best reality is not just he's human, but he changes us. He changes us and he transforms us. We see that in a celebration called baptism where there's a celebration and a declaration and it's a gift that we've been adopted into his family. And we use language like being born again. And we have this practice, this daily regular habit of repenting and daily following and picking up the cross. That's our experience. And then we have this transformation that happens in this new person that we become. That's the end game. And friends, the end game is not becoming a better version of yourself. The end game, when he's in us, is becoming a holy version of Jesus. Did you get the difference? Where do you get that? Galatians 4, 6 says, because you're his children, God sent the spirit of his son into, us, into our hearts and the spirit calls out, Abba, Father. Now the words there are very significant. There's two different languages that are being used in that little verse. Abba is an Aramaic word. Father is a Greek word. Abba means Papa. And you get this idea of intimacy and relationship, don't you? Now you have stuff like that. I have stuff like that in my life. When the kids were in high school, one of my youngest sons, he didn't have any money. He doesn't have a lot of money now, but he said, I'll give you ringtones for your Christmas. So he gave me ringtones for all of our kids. And so maybe you have that. The ringtone goes off, you know who your kid is, right? My daughter has Phil Collins from Tarzan movie, okay? My son, my oldest son, has Brandon Heath song, great song, and my youngest chose Superman, and I went, okay. When they go off, I know who's calling. And as a follower of Christ, as a child of Christ, he wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants, he invites you, he invites you into a relationship that you can call the creator of the universe 
Abba, Father. Now, when I was growing up as a kid, my wife will ask me, what do you remember about Christmas? And um, I, I remember as a kid, my parents would say, we have to go to church first before we open the gifts. So I would go to church. <sighs> and my favorite part of the Christmas service was this part of the service. In conclusion, I would go, yes! Score! Now we can go home and get, it, get Christmas going. Well, Christmas is going to pass. The season of holidays will pass, and we'll go into New Year's. And there will be countless college bowl games. We can't keep them all straight, right? But one of the things that will happen at the end of the year will be, whether it's online or in newsprint or whatever, your app, your news, your news app, will be the recording of people that we'll have said goodbye to in 2022. And one of the persons that we've said goodbye to impacted the world. She was only 5'4". She was the shortest in her family. She died at 96. She died on September 9th. And for 70 years, 70 years, Queen Elizabeth II had the long, second longest monarch in history. She ushered in over 15 prime ministers she worked with, including Winston Churchill. I'm a history major, so I get kind of geek out on this stuff. She assumed her position at 26 years old. And two days before her death, she ushered in that 15th prime minister. In her many annual Christmas radio messages, she would point to Christ, Emmanuel, the one she sought to follow and emulate. And the woman had a great sense of humor. She had a great sense of humor. When London hosted the Olympic Games, maybe you saw the commercial with the Daniel Craig of James Bond, famous, who's famous, and she jumped out of an airplane. Pretty cool. I don't think it was her, but you get my picture. And then she had high tea with Paddington Bear. How cool is that? This woman of God said at 26, when she started her monarchy, she said these words. Pray for me that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the promises I shall be making, and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. When she was 90 years old, at her Christmas address, she said in 2016, billions of people now follow Christ's teaching and find in him the guiding light for their lives, and I'm one of them. Because of Christ's example, he has helped me see the value in doing small things with great love. So my friend, I ask you this question. Would you like to have an intimate relationship with the God of the universe? He invites you to have a relationship with him like that. Who else is going to take your guilt? Who else is going to meet your loneliness? Nothing will. Who else will take the emptiness that you may try to fill in Bum, 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 bum. All kinds of ways. What about the abandonment? When we feel just, there's no one there for me. God has called himself Emmanuel. God with us, for us, and in us. The late Steve Jobs said in a commencement address at Stanford in June of 2005, he said, you cannot connect the dots looking forward but you can only connect them looking backwards. 
But you have to trust the dots will somehow connect in the future. You have to trust something, he said. You have to trust something. Something. Your gut. Destiny. Life. Karma. Whatever. How's that working? The dots connect to him coming back. The Advent candles aren't just getting ready for the Christmas service. They point to him coming again. He will come again. As he came the first time, he will come again. But be careful. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. He'll ask for everything. And he'll give you all the resources in the world. Jesus' good friend John wrote, wrote about seeing Jesus personally. This is a time of the year of Christmas where depression is off the charts. It's off the charts. But this is what John writes in 1 John 1, 1 and 2. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we've heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes. We touched him with our own hands. He's the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. He comes to make his blessings known far as the curse is found. We're about to sing. Far as the curse is found. You may say to me, Pastor, you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea what I've done. Christ does. I'm too old. No, you're not. Could he love me? He can. He does. He has. He will. And he wants to. So what are you trusting in? What are you trusting in? What a great Christmas gift you could have by inviting Christ into your heart. Maybe for the very first time or you say, man, I want to reset. Can you get me? Can I get one of those? Yeah, you can. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed on this Christmas day, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Maybe for the first time, maybe you need a reset. Just pray a simple prayer like this. God, have mercy on me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, Jesus. Thank you for being born for me. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a hunger and a thirst to read your word. Help me obey you. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I just want you to look up at me and we'll make eye contact quick. prayed that prayer. Listen, there are three really super important things you need to do. Within the next 24 hours, you need to text or call someone that you know loves Jesus and tell them what you did. And then simply ask them, how can I grow as a Christian? Number two, you need to find and get a copy of God's Word. I got a free copy for you at the Welcome Center. No strings attached. Read it. Read about Jesus. Read about Jesus. And number three, 
If you don't have a church home, you are more than welcome here. But if you're from outside the community, you find a church that talks a ton about Jesus, that opens up God's word, that its people sing and worship with vibrancy. Find it. Plug in. On behalf of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, if you prayed that prayer, on his authority, I can say your name is written in the book of life. Amen. Amen.